It is April 15th, 2018. You're listening to Fancy Ramen, a podcast mostly about video games. I'm Neil. I'm Cookie. And I'm Scott. This exciting week, do you guys want to talk about news first? Because there's a few things that I think are extremely exciting. Yeah, let's do it. Sure, why not? So the news we've all been waiting for, Shenmue 1 and 2 are coming to Steam, PS4, and Xbox One. Or maybe yes, I'm just something. waiting for. I was going to say so, something we all have been waiting for, right, Neil? <laughs> so I've been hearing mixed things. Does it have a graphic boost or does it not? From so what it's going to have higher resolutions and improved textures and some uh, like graphics options for PC players. And then I think they'll also have a modern or classic control setting that you can switch between as well. And additionally, English and Japanese voiceover selection. You know what comes to mind, though? Uh, I already know that someone's going to make a mod that will make every character's facial expressions stay the same. The ones same. from the Shenmue 3 trailer. <laughs> Although, actually, when I think about it, I think only two characters, two or three characters in the first game actually had expression changes uh, at all. And we're talking like eyebrow furrow, and that's about it. So they wouldn't have to do much is what I'm saying. Fair. But yeah, I've heard the same thing. It's not anything crazy. It's just going to be the... Maybe they're going to take from the source textures and put those in instead of using what came on the Dreamcast and Xbox. Um, I can't imagine they're going to spend too much time with these remasters or ports, for lack of a better term. Have you guys played Shinmu 1 or 2? Uh, no, and that's Shinmu why you're one. the only one looking forward to it. Uh, the only thing I'm looking forward to is going to the arcade in Shenmue 1, and that's about it. Are you excited for a mod that then eliminates the time limit you have in Shenmue 1, where you can just turn it into a life simulator? Wait, there was a time limit in Shenmue 1? Yeah, if you if you don't get... I think there are a few different sort of uh, checkpoints that you need to reach. Like, you need to figure out what the letter is uh what the chinese letter is you have to you basically have to get like a step and a step and another step closer to land d and if you mm. don't at some point you get a uh a cut scene that's basically like the trail's gone cold boohoo game over oh okay that makes sense i've gotten that cutscene before you have Yes, yeah, so just played it as a life simulator, basically. Which it's fantastic in. Like, you know, go and get your forklift job. Uh, use your forklift job to play arcade, get soda, and buy capsule toys. Follow random lady one around for about an hour. And then good times. get married to your high school sweetheart. Uh, I can't think of her name. The one with the white sweater or beige Wait, sweater. You can get married in that game? No, you can't, but like Okay. Let, let's be real. If if Rio uh if Rio is a typical person, he's going to be sad that his father or uncle depending on the localization was murdered and uh then he's going to live his life like a normal person. Pretty much. Can you actually buy hot dogs from 
the uh, hot dog vendor? I don't remember. Honestly, the only thing I remember about that game was, yay, now I'm walking into this alley, beat up a couple of thugs. Sweet. Done with that. Going back to the arcade. The the hot dog vendor's name is Bob, if I'm not mistaken. And he's like the most racist character in that game where he's this black Jamaican man that obviously yeah. was voice acted by like, an, a, at least it sounds like an Asian guy trying to make a Jamaican accent. I recall this now. Yeah. <laughs> but he teaches you sweet moves too. So like part of me obviously hates the fact that he's such a, such a stereotypical character and image, but the other part of me loves him for his, his, uh, like the moves he teaches Rio. I've got nothing else to add to Shinmu. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's an old game that I was surprised they announced a part three. I forgot part two happened, and yeah, now part one and two are coming out, so people can catch up on all the Shinmu action, all the Shinmu goodness. Our second bit of news: uh, Sega has announced a Mega Drive Mini, and for anyone not familiar with the Japanese nomenclature, the Mega Drive in America was the Genesis. So what are you guys, uh, so we've seen this obviously with Nintendo. Um, Are you happy that they're making a Sega version of of this essentially? And what do you guys want to see on this console? So question, who is actually making this? That's a good question. Because there are like 15 of these already available. Right. My sister has one from like got one like a few years ago all in all i could say i'm kind of over the uh over the fad of bringing back old consoles i guess unless they do bring back the 64 but even then i don't think i'd be that excited no yeah i'm over it yeah i don't know it's uh it's one of those things where I was really excited for the Super Nintendo Mini to come out, but that's because I wasn't. Like um, I, sorry, I should say, I was a uh, really like big user of the Super Nintendo Mini in my childhood, or the Super Nintendo in my childhood, and that's why the Mini was uh, exciting to me. But I played Genesis like maybe two or three times throughout my whole childhood. So there might be people that are in an opposite situation to me where they're very excited about this because they didn't have a Super Nintendo but instead had a Sega Genesis. But I think it might be a slightly more niche uh, mini console. And also, I don't know what the pricing is for the other non-Sega-sponsored like mini Genesis knockoffs are, but you can it, get them uh, from anywhere between yeah, twenty dollars to like ninety dollars. If well, you wanted something like this, you could already get one. I, I think the big the difference Nintendo, though is that those other machines tend to have like a much lower degree or quality of emulation compared to the super uh this the classic super mini uh super NES mini, excuse me. Super yeah. NES mini classic rather 
I could see that. I mean, but it, I it, don't know. Did you have a Genesis, Neil? Are you excited about this at all? I'm kind of. I mean, it depends. So I, I should actually clarify in my past question. There was what games would you have liked to see see on it rather? Um, Sonic one through three, Street Fighter two, and Battletoads, because those were the only games I ever played on it. But I liked all of them. But I oh, think man, those you're are out on actually of Rage. on it already. Uh, well, I'll, I'll touch base on that because the list of the games are actually out already. Oh, sweet. Okay, actually, yeah. I just found them after like seventeen different ways of googling. Finally found them. But, but yeah, so I, I would say that like a lot of the Sega products, just like a lot of the Atari products out there right now, are kind of half-assed. Um, but what kind of makes me a little more excited is that they they didn't seem to skimp on the catalog as much as like the Super Nintendo seemed mm. to in ways. Uh, the the only thing is that like you will note that they don't have certain games that are cross-platform with the uh, with the Super Nintendo. Like, there's no Street Fighter. Um, which, I, I, I mean, like, I don't think I enjoyed the Sega version of Street Fighter better, but I liked the button placement a lot more. Because it had a much more arcade stick layout. Yeah. Ooh, Gunstar Heroes, nice. Okay, now this is... If this is the official list I'm looking at, then... I'm okay with some of the a lot of these games. Yeah, like Golden Axe one, two, and three, Shining Force, uh, two at least actually. Let me double check that. That was the better yeah. of the two, in my opinion, anyways. Oh no, Gunstar both of them. Heroes is on here. Shinobi three, Shadow Dancer, Streets of Rage one, two, and three. Vector Man, Vector Man two, Virtua Fighter two, and. I mean, as you guys actually mentioned before we started recording, uh, Fantasy Stars 2, 3, and 4 are all on there as well. The first one is for the, uh, oh my gosh, what what's the system before the Mega, the Mega Drive? The Master System? Is that what it is? I don't know what their naming was. They were all the Genesis to U.S. people. <laughs> when the Dreamcast came out, you called it the Genesis as well. The Master <laughs> System, that's what it was. So yeah, uh, no Fantasy Star one, but like that's a pretty great. And I I only named like half of the games. Uh, Toe Jam and matter. Earl, Panic on Funky Tron, Funko Tron. I like Toe Jam and Earl. Hell yeah, you do. Hell yeah, we all do. Uh, but no Sonic and Knuckles, so hard pass. See, I preferred Sonic the Hedgehog two a lot more than Sonic and Knuckles. Maybe I'm crazy though. Well, they could have definitely gotten rid of either 3D Blast or Spinball. <laughs> I'm sure there are some advocates <laughs> of it out there somewhere. Of 3D Blast? <laughs> yeah, some of these games I don't think I've heard of before. Oh, man, Clicky. Landstalker is kind of a punishing game, if I'm not mistaken. If I remember that game correctly, it's an old uh, isometric RPG. Anywho, Ooh, Crackdown. Wait, what? Crackdown. The original Crackdown? The original Crackdown. Is this actually the IP that Xbox or Microsoft has now? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what? But now I'm this? fiercely Googling. 
hardcoregaming101.com has an article about Crackdown. And uh, as I scroll through it, I see it actually has quite a bit of uh, oh. games to its history. And uh doesn't seem to go beyond that of the uh, 16-bit Name. era. No relation to the 2007 Xbox 360 game is the verdict on that. Oh. Sad day. I got kind of excited. I was like, oh, wait, this actually just might be worthy <laughs> just to play Crackdown. <laughs> it's actually kind of funny. It says the Crackdown game you never knew existed on YouTube, and the first ad that played was quite literally for the new Crackdown game that's still does not exist. On a side note, I kind of, I, I feel like we probably said our uh, fair share about Sega. Scott, I, I interrupted you. Do you have any additional comments on that? No, I, honestly, I, I don't have much to say or much of an opinion since I'm totally outside of the... Uh, I'm not a Sega player. I, I don't have anything that's worth saying, honestly. You'd, you'd rather talk about plumbers with uh mustaches and full heads of hair yeah versus a blue hedgehog i mean don't get me wrong i've always enjoyed sonic games when i was a younger kid you know i even played the shitty like uh gamecube sonic games but i only got to play them a couple times on the genesis and after playing a couple like bad roms in i think middle school or high school or like flash games of sonic i was just like yeah not for me so it's just it's not they're they're not games that uh i've played very much of and so the nostalgia is not there and the excitement's not really there either I guess sonic you. adventure made it to the gamecube what? yeah yeah I didn't it did realize and then there's uh what are the good what's the good sonic i enjoyed sonic adventure <laughs> I think it's Shadow like Sonic the Hedgehog. Battle 2 or something. It's some sequel. Meh. Well, so Cookie, since you brought up the uh, the fact that Crackdown still hasn't been released, um, actually, I'm assuming that we're going to have some sort of announcement on Crackdown 3 uh, come E3. At least you'd imagine, right? I would hope so, but it's also Xbox, so they do like to continue to bring up things for on like repeat E3s, whereas Sony will say, by the way, this game exists, and then it'll be like four E3s later. By the way, I hope you remember about this game. I was talking to uh I was talking to Tiffany about like the state of Microsoft recently and their first party or first party, their exclusives. Uh and Sea of Thieves, like while it seems to have have had like an initial jolt of energy thanks to like streamers and so forth. It doesn't really seem to have a whole lot of content behind it. And that with the fact that Crackdown 3 isn't out yet. And uh, just like compared to like what Sony's been able to not necessarily like get as exclusives, but to kind of create a false sort of uh, relationship with, I guess like, I, I consider myself to be like relatively well in, in the know, and I honestly thought that a way out was a PlayStation Four exclusive. Uh, just because, like, I wasn't super interested. Excuse me, in uh, looking into the game initially, and 
I remembered like all the E3 hype from last year seemed to be mostly at the Sony showcase at the time. And then you have Microsoft right now who even just recently or like over the last year canceled a game by uh, being developed by Platinum Games. And months later, Platinum releases near Automata to like huge fanfare. Like, what does Microsoft have going for it at this point, aside from, you know, they're going to have Halo and they're assumedly going to have another Gears game come out? Are like, they going to have Halo, though? I'm, I'm hearing pretty um, not happiness from the last Halo. Well, they're, they're going to release another Halo to complete the trilogy, regardless of how unhappy people were with Halo 5. Because I think Halo 5 did pretty well on the competitive scene, right? If there are five games, how can the sixth release be the end of a trilogy? <laughs> well, the so so Halo's one, two, and three were like the first trilogy, and then Halo's are the second trilogy, four, five, and six. Yeah, it's just like how we talk about the Star Wars trilogies as the Ridge Tridge uh, okay. and the Tridge. So, except for Halo's going in order. Whereas the original Tridge was after the Tridge? Four, five, and six, and the new trilogy, at least before these recent years, were one, two, and three. The Millennial Tridge? Yeah. I don't know. Is this not the Millennial Trilogy? No, the Tridge. The the newest Tridge is the Millennial Tridge, I think. Okay. Maybe? That's what I would just assume. It makes sense. Uh, I'm just saying. I don't know why we're not just going for using sextet or whatever else. Because then you have to use the word sex in PR. Yeah. Okay. Aside from the fact that the storylines, I think, are very, or at least supposed to be neatly divided into those three games each. So you mentioned the state of Microsoft. Yeah. I don't think you've got anything on the EA restructure. Wait. So you, you may have to uh, update me because I've been a little busy this week. Sending a link via Polygon on the uh, Discord right now. Um, but whoa, I I kind of just um, wait. No, this this is. This is 2013. Oh, God, no. This is an old Polygon thing. Sorry, yeah. I was watching the... Yeah, that is an old <laughs> Polygon thing. Ignore me while I find the article, but I was watching the Daily Fix just the other day, and they were talking about EA becoming... EA restructuring and laying off a few people, hiring a few more people, and kind of shifting things around in order to become a better company. Their um, international marketing and PR teams are going to be undergoing a restructure. Uh, I found an article here published by Christopher Dring on Games Industry. Uh, I, kn- I also thought I had seen an article that um, there was a statement about Battlefront 2 that EA won't repeat the uh, nightmare that was the rollout of Pay to Win with Battlefront 2 or pay, oh, pay to access. One news topic we didn't talk about a, a week or two ago, actually, uh, they, if I'm not mistaken, took 
all of the pay like the pay to win aspects of Battlefront Two out. That's right. Yeah, yep. we. I thought we did mention that a couple. Like this is pretty old news at this point, but I thought we did mention it a couple episodes ago. I think we talked about having characters no longer unlockable through currency. Okay, but it it seems kind of like a a too little too late thing like what about the people that spent the money on that shit on release i mean it's too little too late for this game but you'll have every time that you know a new game is released there will be some people who will forget how bad it was last time and there will be some people who want to give it a chance and so you will be able to recycle some of those purchasers just maybe not all of them but there's there's some great uh, quotes from EA's new chief design officer, which uh, pretty much has them stating that they'll learn from the mistakes that they made with loot boxes in Battlefront 2, and uh, that they also, quote, had an effect on EA as a company and an effect on them as management. So um, here you go. It'd be here nice you go, guys. to see. This is the... This is going to be an article that's actually not from 2015. <laughs> it was 2013. Don't try and don't try and make this better for you. I don't know. Part of like the response you just gave me, Scott, is exactly why I don't necessarily want to take too much too much value from those comments, though, because who is necessarily going to remember about their promises today or weeks ago in a few years when they release their next thing? And what does it actually mean that they've learned their lessons about loot boxes? Because at the same time, they're trying to turn away from like single player campaign story driven content to multiplayer. And at the very same time, as they're trying to do that, the most successful games on the market are free-to-play, loot-box-driven, or, uh, you know, uh, um, not pay-to-win, I'm uh, like microtransaction-driven. Neil, you sound like you're being super cynical and pessimistic about this. <laughs> and, about uh, EA. I, I really love that because I imagine that you're completely right. Like, I'm not, I, I don't think I'm trying to make any sort of, like, counterpoint to you besides the fact that uh, even if they do follow through on uh, implementing better practices, which I think all of us are highly doubtful about. Correct. They still are going to lose a marginal, a marginal number of people because of the decisions that they've made previously, not just with Battlefront 2, but you know, with how they uh, have microtransactions in more than just Battlefront 2 as a... Uh, like basic business model um however it i don't know i have also just as much cynicism for like uh game publishers and game developers as i do for the consumers themselves and so i think for every person who decides to make a more informed choice about uh taking the past practices of a game publisher into account when they go to buy another game from them I think there are also two or three people who probably just don't care and think that, you know, whatever uh, concept or setting that 
that next game is being released in picks their interests that they'll pick it up and worry about the consequences later. And all of this is going on, like, I, on, like, a more positive note, I do want to point out that, like, while it seems like these companies are moving away from that single-player campaign or story-driven, story-driven, content-driven, campaign-driven gameplay, that A Way Out did sell more than one million copies in just two weeks since its release. Yeah, and I also think that another thing that I can be positive about is there are good games that you pay for access to the game and then also probably make a large amount of profit off of loot box or uh, microtransaction-based purchasing from consumers like Overwatch, where I I think I paid $40 for just the... uh, online access code or maybe i paid 60 i'm not sure at this point but i've never put another like dime into that game and yet i still get rewarded with not only fun gameplay in a game that i do enjoy to play with friends but also regular updates regular um you know like new characters and maps and reworks and um like I think that's that's a fair business model if other people want to spend money on those loot boxes and whatnot. I still get a totally functional game that I feel capable of um, playing to the highest success I can due to my you know growth of skill versus purchasing anything that helps me get an advantage in the game. And uh, I'm comfortable with that. Like if EA wants to move towards that type of business model where they're still using loot boxes, but they understand that. Uh, loot box purchases or microtransactions should never affect balance of gameplay, then I really don't care as much. But Scott, that's what they think they're doing. <laughs> they're doing really bad at it. Yeah. And that's why, that's why they kept having to backpedal with battlefront too. But there are already existing models of how to do that with games like league of legends, games like overwatch uh, League of Legends, I don't know. I guess you could say that using RP to purchase, um, like, what was it? More rune pages and having that sort of flexibility back in the day might have been a way to have um, a bit easier time playing the game. I still don't think it was that much of an impact. Or using, I guess, RP to buy the newest champions, which are normally uh, not balanced as well as they could be could be considered advantages but ultimately like i think of those games as examples of of products that can actually have both players who have paid once for an initial buy-in or do free to play that make plenty of money uh, that don't really impact pay play paid players versus uh non-paying players in their uh competition so uh if we go back to our regular structured episode what have you guys been up to this past week? I sold my car. Did you get a new car or did you just uh, sell your car and now you're riding a uh, super tricked out scooter to work? There's snow on the ground right now, Scott. Oh, that's weird. It's so <laughs> weird that you guys have worse weather than I do right now because it's like 50 degrees and partly cloudy on its way to being sunny. So um, you bought a scooter and a nice coat. 
(laughs) (laughs) You joke, but I think that would, if that were not dangerous, uh, I would definitely go that route. I know some people who have done it, um, partially because like a motor scooter, if we're talking like a moped or whatever, you can get some like wicked good gas mileage on those things. Uh, My Yamaha C3 got 90 miles to the gallon. Exactly. It only held one gallon though. (laughs) <laughs> oh okay <laughs> but but no yeah no i actually enjoy riding bikes but if it did not snow here or wasn't like frigidly cold nine months out of the year i totally would have picked up a bike but no Me too. i i am currently doing a extended quote-unquote test drive of a ford outback ford outback gosh super outback how does it feel so, to be part of the privilege class, Cookie? Is that the Subaru nice. class? <laughs> yes. Yes. I, oh, my God. It's so nice. Subaru. You know, like. the one thing that Far Cry 5 actually has wrong about Montana is that all those vehicles aren't Subarus that are on the road. <laughs> it's just one of those things that, like, with an area that you need to have, like, pretty good versatility in your vehicle... Um, especially when it comes to the winter season, there are so many Subarus in this town. It's like, dude, all Subarus come in all-wheel drive. Besides, like the WRX, exactly. Yeah, and there's WRXs around here too because everybody's like, ah, why not? Let's you know finish the finish the circle. Crap, you can get a WRX and a four-wheel drive, an all-wheel drive. But yeah. no, yeah, like in Subarus are super nice. But no, so I'm. Brought to you on, by Subaru. Nice. I'm planning on buying the car, buying the Outback on Monday after work. Very cool. The, I, the I uh, like that particular model. What year oh, yeah, is it? In 18. Damn. We decided to... I'm still trying to convince Lizzie to let me get the next tier up, but we probably can't afford that. But we're... We decided to like splurge on my car because I think I mentioned it last week that uh, Nissan was like, "Oh yeah, you need a new um, new head gasket and drivetrain," and it costs more than what it's worth. Yeah, I do yeah, recall that. Um, I did end up going to D and D Auto down in Omaha, Nebraska, and they took a look at the car and they were like, "Yeah, you need an oil sender." It's going to be about a hundred and fifteen was what their what their quoted me was, and I ended up paying one hundred and three ninety eight. Ooh, to so, get a new oil uh, sender. So then I was like, "Well, my car is fixed. I don't feel like dealing with this anymore. Let me just sell it so that way I can sell the car and have a little bit of extra cash to put on a down payment on a new car." Nice. So you're looking at uh, one of the two point five i series for the Outback, I assume. Yeah. Yes, sir. Right now, I am driving driving the premium, the premium without the eyesight. A uh, gotcha. Okay, but I'm hoping to get that updated to either a premium with eyesight or, if Lizzie's so inclined, the limited. So I assume eyesight is all that nice camera technology, right? Yeah, the whole like, hey, you're veering off the road, and Google Maps says this road goes this way. The car's gonna kind of kind of help you out a little bit by steering you in the right direction and oh. you've got cruise control on you set a distance of about 15 feet so if a car gets within 15 feet your car will adjust speed to that car in front of you oh man 
You might as well get a Tesla at that point. You're practically there, buddy. Exactly. And it turns out now those are the only two uh, brands of vehicle I'm ever going to purchase. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about the Tesla and the Outback, apparently. But yeah, no, the ride is like super smooth. I heard there were just some issues with Tesla's... uh like battery life after 190,000 or 160,000 miles or something like that. But you're driving a Tesla, so, you know, you're just getting a new one at that point. Status symbol. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. So how many cars have you bought this week, Neil? (laughs) Uh, At some point, my current car will die, I'm sure, and then I'll end up having to get new used car but hopefully that doesn't happen for a while i've got faith you have sunk more money into your current car than needed but it's always like a comfortable amount it seems like like the last i I just had to fix up the radiator and i was prepared to put like a shit ton of money in it and i it was only like 300 something so if that's to find a shit ton of money well so i put something like a thousand bucks into it like five or seven years ago but it was mostly because i was getting taken advantage of by a shit chain shop in omaha which was which is now called omaha auto care i don't know if it changed ownership but those guys are really shitty uh just for your record scott in case you ever drive out in omaha again and have some issues once again, I'm just going to D&D Auto from now on. D&D, do not disturb auto. Dungeons and Dragons Auto. Get your game right, <laughs> son. So, uh, Scott, what have you been up to this week? Um, well, sadly, I haven't tackled too many video games, but I've traded most of that time for catching up on some good TV. So, I don't know if either of you guys have watched the series um, that... Donald Glover and his uh, brother produce. Atlanta? Atlanta. Yeah, man. Um, I've been watching some Atlanta. I think I'm on the fourth episode now. But I'm really digging the show. I I like Donald Glover's um, acting quite a bit. I enjoyed him in Community, which was a lot more comedic role. But... Like his comedy chops are just really good. Like he's, He's a very, very funny writer and a good actor as well. And so... I've been watching a lot of that. I've been watching a lot of uh, Broad City as well, which is also very funny um, in its own right. See, my sister keeps telling me to get into Broad City, and I just, I just, I just haven't been feeling the like first couple of episodes. Yeah, it's. Um, I think it it starts it starts getting good pretty quickly, though. I mean, there are there are plenty of shows I've watched where it's like the first season can sometimes be rocky, but if I have multiple people recommend it to me, I'll get through it because they've done the hard work of like slogging through the shit to really determine if it's good or not. And I got a couple like glowing reviews of Broad City. And so I got through the first couple episodes and so did Sierra. And now we both just think it's an absolute riot. Like it's very funny. And like most comedies, like, once the writing staff seems to get a little bit more confident and they find their voice, it deviates from those like kind of initial blase episodes and gets into some more like wilder plots and starts building on um, like character development and like minor characters for comedic relief. 
uh, a lot more often. So I'd, I'd recommend it. It's, it definitely comes with a, with a high recommendation for me. And I also love, um, Hannibal Burris's minor character, Lincoln. He's, uh, <laughs> he's so funny. He's, he plays just kind of this like basic sweet straight man for a lot of the jokes. And, uh, he's a riot too. Like on top of, uh, I'm trying to think what the name of the, the two actual actresses are. I think they actually use their names in the show, Alana and Abby and Alana's last name is Glazer, but I don't know what Abby's last name is. I don't know either. I'm sorry. I was going to Google it for you, but I stopped caring. Um, Alana (laughs) Glazian, Abby Jacobson, Abby Jacobson. Yep. That's right. I'll take your review a little bit more seriously than my sister's. Uh, she tends to watch things like The Real Housewives. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wait, I thought you were saying yes to The Real Housewives. No, no, no. I'm saying yes <laughs> to taking my opinion over your sister's. That that means a lot to me. And also, I I believe I believe in myself more than I I believe in your sister's opinion because I know nothing about it. Not to throw shade. No, it's okay. She likes shows like The Real Housewives, but also Broad City and Atlanta. Okay, yeah. So Broad, Broad so City's like, great. Atlanta's so to, great. I can so to go from like those. really really good stuff to really really shitty stuff. So I'm like, eh, I'll give things like two episodes. Well, like, so okay. you liked um, uh, you liked Community, right? Or oh, not community. community? I'm sorry. Why am I saying Community? I'm trying to think Parks and Rec. I thought Parks and Rec was better than uh, The Office. The Office, yeah. Parks and Rec is better than The Office, in my opinion, as well. Well, um, Amy Poehler is one of the executive producers of Broad City, and um, it does the same kind of thing that I thought Parks and Rec did, where it it was uh, a little, like, I don't know, like, bland at the start, but then once it got its footing, just got, like, funnier and funnier and funnier. So... If you like Amy Poehler and her comedy in general, like Broad City's also uh, another, it's another reason to check it out. So Parks and Rec was also, I think she was the, uh, I'm almost certain that she was the executive producer for uh, Parks and Rec as well. Um, Otherwise, all I did was get sunburnt this weekend. So I'm going to need you guys to carry the torch on, on the video gaming this week. Well, meanwhile... Uh, as you are getting sunburnt, we are getting snowed in. Oh man, it's so great! It's like I paid my dues with a harsh winter, and now I'm getting the reward of spring and soon summer. And uh, you guys paid your dues of a harsh winter, and uh, you get a little bit more harsh winter. <laughs> April snow, as they say. Don't you know the uh, the saying, the common saying? Well, that's, I mean, that's the Midwest for you, right? You never actually know if it's not going to snow. Yeah. Pretty much. There is an email. Well, it's, it's been our first in a while. I know, right? Well, shit on my donkey. No, I'm not really into that type of foreplay. I haven't heard that expression before. Neither have I. <laughs> <laughs> Straight off the dome. Man, been, trendsetter over here. Been, okay. playing some, been playing some Far Cry 5. <laughs> Noah writes in with a link to a an episode, a... Uh, fan-translated episode of the anime Uchu Senkan Tiramisu. 
uh, so with there the was following actual... line. Words cannot explain this. Your opinions? Do you want to give uh, the uh, English title of this, by the way? It's Space Battleship Tiramisu. <laughs> so is there a translation like somewhere in this? Oh, so you guys didn't have one either. Okay, good. Because I was like, this is all in Japanese, and I just assumed you sent this to us because I saw the last name Link. <laughs> well, so, okay. Uh, for Just for reference, when I, I watched it on my phone, and I assumed that my phone wasn't able to, uh, to like, decode the closed captions or, or the, uh, the subtitles, because I know, like, with certain files you can get from fan subs, the, uh, the subtitles are not actually part of the video itself, but rather a second file. And that might still be the case, and we can't see it from Google Drive. Um, so I assumed you guys understood what was going on, and I was going to get like a little bit of insight or, and give you my opinion of what I thought was going on. But well, I, no, I guess none of us really know what the hell's going on. <laughs> I was like, I guess it's space battles and food. Sweet. <laughs> it, it's literally a Gundam uh, parody. Wait, is is it a Gundam or is it a giant robot anime? Mm, well, I mean, it's a Gundam parody because that's what that like the whole thing about having like a spaceship or a space base uh, and having like these types of it, just everything about it is Gundam. Um, for those of you that do not want to commit to watching this seven minutes of ridiculousness, the battleship Tiramisu sends out its, I'm assuming their ace pilot in his like night like looking mecha. And at some point while he's in the hangar, he decides to stick like what looks like fried chicken or fried fish on a stick into his bottle of pop. Like, is that pop? I don't know. Or is that sauce? I <laughs> didn't actually watch it. I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, well, this is in Japanese. I'm pretty sure someone else is going to watch this then. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a weird show. I don't know. It's Scott, did you have any insight on this? Um, to answer the actual email of what are the best and worst mecha anime, yeah, I did my homework, but... Um, to watching the clip all the way through i just i couldn't do it because i received it on my phone and i thought i had the same issue with the closed captioning not going over the uh audio and so after i was like reasonably confused about what was going on and unfortunately unable to determine any of the like actual um like scripted humor i was just like this is okay this is right up neil's alley <laughs> <laughs> he'll watch this <laughs> so there's a scene where the guy like realizes he has his shirt on backwards and so he starts uh, undressing in the cockpit trying to get it undone because you know the tag's bothering him at that point five minutes two seconds in is that scene <laughs> yes uh it's weird um oh actually no five minutes 29 seconds when he actually takes his shirt off and then, so he's, then he's perfectly just fine through. afterwards. So what I can tell from this and kind of the overall context of this email is that this is Noah's favorite 
uh, mecha anime. It's one that he thinks is probably one of the best that's ever been made. <laughs> Wait, so um, so where do you see the whole question about what are your favorite? And, it's oh, it's in I the see. Title. It's in the title. Yeah, that's not the best way to ask a question, but I'm grateful to have an email, so I don't care too much. <laughs> so I, I think the statement is that this is the best and worst at the same time, and I might have to agree with that. I don't know. I just started watching Space Dandy the other day. Space Dandy's not a mecha anime, though. It's not. Oh, is this specifically for mecha? Um, I, I guess. I can't think of any like really bad mecha anime, but I don't tend to find myself looking out for mecha anime. I think my favorite mecha anime might be Giant Robo. Wait, what's Giant Robo? I've never I know. heard I of it. I feel that. as if you're missing like part of this uh title. I I'm just saying like the best an- like my favorite my uh, just just as like a serious is statement. Is that a is that a type or Oh no, it's actually it a show. Literally it's called the Giant name Robo. Of a show. That is quite literally the name of a show and this robot <laughs> looks either Egyptian or I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of weird and it, it's very atypical to your typical mecha animes but it's totally worth a watch if you guys want something something just different i guess um i don't I, know this is kind of giving me a big o big o vibe so this came before big o we will first Obviously. and foremost state but yes, oh, I, God, yes i think if you liked big o you will like giant robo but for different oh. reasons i just think though that like anyone that likes big o probably has a decent taste in anime and will probably like giant robo Actually, this is giving me a very big O vibe. Man, yep, I've no, been trying... Is- they, they both been- are large. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to watch Big O for ages, and I just have never found like a good uh, good site to find it on. Uh, so, video games. Now that we're an hour into this podcast, uh, what have you guys been playing this week? Scott, I know you haven't been playing much, but anything small comes to mind? Literally nothing, Neil. Um, I've been playing EU4 and finally have not like collapsed a country in a couple hours of gameplay in multiplayer, but I can't necessarily say that it's a big accomplishment for me, but it's not noteworthy for any other reason. I'm proud of you anyway. So have you played that by yourself at all yet? Well, I've tried, but the problem is, is that when you play multiplayer you get all of the benefits and expansions that um the other players have so the two guys that i like to play with the most have all of the expansions and so there's a lot of like really nice uh extra options and uh ui design that is not available for the single player for me because i only have the base game and so besides standard updates it's about as bare bones as it could be um and it's just it's really tough to transition from having a plethora of like easy to access options available versus um really having to like hunt through menus that i'm unfamiliar with to play the game so no i don't i don't normally play single player so what kind of game has expansions that change the ui Shouldn't EU that, four. 
Shouldn't EU4 that just change the with perfect updates? example. It's like the expansions um, oftentimes add a bunch of new features or abilities of things you can do, and therefore the UI gets um, a like more robust design on how to do these things. Um, so when you go to play single player and you don't have those things, a lot of the options and menus look very empty, or there are some menus that just don't really exist. Ah, uh, so thus you have to find alternate routes to the things that you can do. Yeah, or there are certain things that you can't really do without the expansion, which I'm totally okay with. The fact that they let me um, play multiplayer and benefit from all of those expansions without purchasing them, I think is already like totally fine. I enjoy that plenty. It's not really a game that I think I'd put much time into single player anyway. What about you, Cookie? What have you been playing? <laughs> Awkward silence later. Um, a lot more co-op games. So me and Lizzie decided to take a legit run at A Way Out. And we are almost through it, I'm guessing, about 75% of the way, I guess. Uh, we just got on the plane. Ah. Oh, excuse me. We just got done parachuting. <laughs> I had to replay that parachute scene like five times before I realized that pushing forward meant diving as opposed to like holding your, it, it wasn't moving forward. It was falling faster. Neil, have you ever played any parachute game ever? <laughs> Apparently not since, uh, Pilot Wings 64? Yeah, and I don't remember how that controls. I'm assuming it controls the same way, but... <laughs> Gosh, you sound like Lizzie in um, effing Fire Cry 5. So, yes, we've been playing... Um, played a way out up until that point, and I also got her to start on Far Cry 5, and she got into the plane and was like, this is so weird. I can't figure out how to drive because the... Um, axes are inverted so you know instead of like you know pushing up to go up she goes pushes up and goes down and we dive bomb straight into the straight into the valley and die she she makes my heart race in the all the bad ways while playing far cry 5 do you guys invert your axes ever just for flying because that's how it normally is Gotcha. I don't know. Ever since playing uh, Breath of the Wild, I've decided that the best way to play any game is with an inverted Y-axis for camera controls. I could see how that would make sense. But literally just for flying, I, I don't feel like learning how to invert camera controls for a person just standing there. Doesn't seem natural. You know? Yeah, I know. It's I don't know. It's but once you get used to it, it's it's so hard to go back. You could see that, and you won't come to the confusion of, oh yeah, now I've got to figure out how to fucking fly this fucking plane. Oh, that's right. That's true too. I do uh, prefer that. Um, but yeah, so I've been playing a little bit of Far Cry Five, a little bit of um, still Call of Duty. It's gonna be always gonna be always gonna be a staple for me. And some more Terra. I finally unlocked the ninja, the little girl. No, she's not a ninja. She's a reaper because there is a ninja class. It's not on the PlayStation 4 yet. The little girl reaper class. 
so been enjoying Terra still. That's about my video game rundown of the week. All right, Neil, what do you have? <laughs> uh, uh, <coughs> so I, I have gotten some game time in in between working, uh, but everything I've been playing have been games I've previously talked about, like Breath of the Wild and uh, Persona 3 Portable. So I can't really add much to the conversation. Uh, I honestly have been fighting off this hard and or like this crazy urge to start replaying near automata um but that would also mean starting from scratch if you know what i mean gross uh that'd be a lot of time and, and it's probably not like it that's not the big deal of it i still want to play it like i've been listening to the uh the near automata soundtrack pretty consistently like at least once a day at work and uh it like i get goosebumps like consistently thinking about what that game does and you know like playthrough C in particular Breath of the Wild's also really really good in different ways uh, but that's old news like I, I think 2017 is going to be a hard year to beat I on, honestly was thinking about it and I think I, I don't think there's been a better year in games and it, it's easy to say that right now because we've advanced so much in technology and game design. But, like, those two games alone are fantastic. And then you also have Super Mario, or excuse me, Mario Odyssey, Persona 5, um, like, in a bunch of other niche titles out there that might not relate to other people. But it's just like, hmm. I know 97's a really good year, but, like, Part of me thinks in a couple years, in a decade from now, people will look back at twenty eight or twenty seventeen and think, "Hot damn, that was the year before Labo came out and changed everything." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, twenty eighteen so far isn't on track to do that. That's for sure. But you know, once once Labo ping pong comes out, holy shit, we're all gonna we're gonna change, dude. I, mean, I can just tell you the I shit I've been watching on the Labo. Like, I'm just freaking out. I'm excited about Labo. I've already got it pre-ordered. Wish I had enough money to pre-order, too, but I don't. You got to buy a car. Can't just can't just be pre-ordering Labos willy-nilly. Exactly. That's what my wife is saying. And unfortunately, married her. I got to listen to her. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, um, I am super excited for the Labo to come out, though. I think it's like next week the end of next week and our the end of this week one of the two when does it come out guys google knows google always knows google knows all Nintendo Labo. april 27th that is um, next week end 12 next days week. away getting the variety kit so because you know why would you get the more expensive kit that only lets you comes with one thing when you get the less expensive kit that comes with like a thousand things I'm glad you're the one shelling this at, shelling out, so my uh, curiosity is satisfied too. Perfect. Yeah. I'll have to bring it over, and we'll figure out how to make the full band because the customization of what you can do once you start programming things for it to do get kind of crazy. Well, any closing words? 
Anything else we can say before our outro? Oh. No. I was just going to say our outro. I mean, if you would like to do it this time, feel free. All right. If you have comments or questions, concerns, or would like to sling us an email, you can always send one to podcast at fancyramen.com. Please be sure to like and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you uh, found this podcast. And please tell a friend about uh, our wonderful podcast. The best way for us to grow in size is to uh, spread by recommendations. Did I miss anything? It was perfect. It oh, was man. perfect. And oh, as, yes. as a you know, signing out treat for for everyone, you should all just look up the Off the Hook in Squid Sisters live concert. All right. Will do. Hmm. Yeah, these are Splatoon bands. They had I, a live concert. I prefer Octopi. <laughs> Have a good week, everybody. Bye, guys. Come in and say. All right, I'm recording. That was for you, Neil. Only for you.